Actor and filmmaker Ann Johnston Brown has spent the past 35 years navigating the ups and downs of Hollywood. With a master's degree in theater arts, Ann was a professor at the prestigious American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Los Angeles and is the author of several books published by Smith & Krauss, the world's largest of its kind. Her films on the subject of homelessness have won countless awards, and her voice can be heard throughout the world in a variety of television and radio commercials, as well as the audiobooks of many New York Times and USA Today best-selling authors. And now, she brings to you the best of what she's learned. Welcome to The Actor's Guide. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Actor's Guide. I've been in the middle of a masterclass series with Jamie Palanetti, who is the author of Acting as an Art Form, and it's it's really uh, a very thorough, wonderful book on method acting, uh, giving you uh, a workflow, showing you how to break down your character's objectives, to, to, to understand your character, relationships, and scenes. I'm telling you, this guy knows his stuff. And so we're going to pick up today. This is part two of my interview with Jamie Palanetti. One of the most, in my experience, I'd love to hear your opinion, but one of the most kind of overused and misunderstood phrases in Hollywood is the method. And, <laughs> uh, you know, if you study Stanislavski's work and you study Strasberg and you study Uta Hagen mm -hmm. and, and you study Garfine and you study, you know, uh, Strasberg and all of the greats, right? Mm -hmm. They all took this work that Stanislavski originated. Stella Adler's another one. And, and they made it their own. Right. Mm -hmm. And they developed a system, you know, uh, for actors to study with all kinds of various techniques and trainings. And the word that I have kind of coined is workflow. Right. You know, it's not that's not my word, but I hadn't I hadn't seen that word used in the acting and directing and teaching, which I also want to talk about profession. And really, I always thought of it in that way. And it's because now we're all the way back at the beginning. It's because I come from professional sports and in professional right. sports, you need a workflow, mm -hmm. you know, and so uh, a pragmatic workflow. Mm -hmm. And it, it also, you know, applies to art. Um, right. You can you can hope for inspiration and you can go on inspiration and you can go on improvisation and all those things are important. But at some point. As you well know, you have to sit down and do the work. Right, and I'm looking at your book right now, uh, the workflow section, which is at the beginning. I'm seeing you've got 25, 25 things that you ask the actor to consider and to and and to to answer questions to answer. And we're going to go into this, but right. yes, the workflow. I I love the way it it. You know, a lot of people would say, "Oh no, we're just living." You know, as actors, we're just living and mm -hmm. and creating life, and that should be organic right. and and workflowing yep. and writing things down. That's just you know just too you know that's too heady and. I disagree. I'm with you. I'm with you on, on the planning. Let's call, phase. It, let's call it an important aspect, mm -hmm. but I'll tell you when it doesn't function well is when you're on a set for 14 hours <laughs> and I need 20 takes. Right. And I need them 19 days in a row. Right. That's how many days it took me to shoot trickster. Mm -hmm. And I need 45 days to shoot the movie and I only have 19. Right. And if we don't go to the set, ultimately prepared and the actors aren't completely 
ready to go and and not looking for inspiration at that point but we're in what i call performance level at that point there's just no way i can shoot the movie in 19 days Mm -mm. it's not going to happen no and so um that's where the pragmatic aspect of it you know comes into play And, and that's why i always stress look we need these incredible creative flow states another thing that you know you had asked me about in your questions we need the flow state but in order for you to get to the flow state you need to have training and preparation in the intellectual uh conscious mind that's right in order to set your subconscious free Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. Yes. Uh, what a beautiful uh, description of really what's happening. It's not, you know, it, that is exactly it. Because we put these things uh, in, in our mouths and in our ears and in our minds and, and everything. And once we absorb them, we don't have to think about them anymore. Correct. That's correct, Anna. In, in, in cycling mm-hmm. and in professional sports, we call that muscle memory. I was just going to say that exactly, muscle memory. And and I guess the, uh, we think about, you know, the brain is a muscle. Everything is a, a muscle. You know, is the things that, that, that beat inside of us, uh, they will all remember this work that we've done. I love it. It becomes Correct. an unconscious act then. Uh, and, and we can play organically. And I hate that word. That gets overdone, too. But we, true. But, true. Yes, but we can play, uh, and, and I love the word play too. My audience knows that I use this word a lot because that's why we call it a play. We are playing. And yep. and and children, you don't have to tell them how to play. They right. do it organically. And right. and the problem with us as adults is we we tend to just uh forget how to just let our unconscious take over and just and just and just and just you know work uh you know from from our spirit. I guess it's a right. spiritual thing, I, I would say. Um, I, I, agree. I, wanna, I, I yeah. agree. I agree. 100%. I think now, now, you're, now you're delving into, you know, what, what we call the flow state. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, and we're, we're constantly trying to get there. And you know, mm-hmm. through the work you've done, it, it happens, but it doesn't happen all the time. And, and right. you need to have some preparation. And now we're lapsing over into, mm-hmm. you know, what is consciousness mm-hmm. and where does creativity and inspiration and imagination, where do they come from? You know, and, um, uh, Stanislavski talked about the double function. And I think yes. a lot of, of, of this, uh, that we're talking about is, is really what that, that, what he meant. And, and it's and having the ability to, to be m- mentally and consciously aware of what's going on, but allowing this, this unconscious, uh, you know, reaction and, and, and total, just like I've said before, immersion into, uh, the world of our characters, uh, you know, no, just just to let it live, let it beat. That's it. If I can make a comment on that, because I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, one of the things I left out is that while I was at UCLA, I studied with a uh, guy named um, uh, Eugene Lazaroff. Mm. And Eugene was one of the premier actors in the Moscow Arts Theaters for, yeah. Theater for years in Russia and, and taught there and directed there and was one of their highest level actors before he came to America and had a fantastic career. But the point is, when I was studying with him, you know, he used to talk about the difference between Stanislavski's work in Russian and in English. I've, I've heard this before. Yes, this yeah, is uh, going through. And, and what mm-hmm. you're discussing now is that's one of the most, I think, underrated parts of 
uh, Stanislavski's work that mm-hmm. that people don't consider is that he's doing existential art, mm-hmm. and you know it's poetry, and you're trying to now translate existential art from Russian to English. And Eugene used to laugh out loud at a lot of the terms and phrases and tools and exercises that were written in English as he struggled to get the concepts clear for the American audience. And he said, it's just lost in translation. And what you mentioned in this area of the flow state, it's one of the biggest ones. Oh, wow. And and they're all throughout Stanislavski's work. And I make reference to them in my book Mm. in, I don't know, a dozen places where, Mm. hey, you know, this, one of the, one of the best ones is, um, is Stanislavski talks a lot about illuminating the human condition. Yep. You know, that's a, doesn't, that's isn't that the main goal phrase. of the actor? That's Didn't it. you call? That is it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, I was noticing too, in a look, uh, you know, reading the book and, and let's just go ahead and start talking about the book. Um, uh, and when I say the book, I am referring to uh, this fantastic, uh, I'm going to call it, uh, you know, uh, an actor prepares written by uh, oh. <laughs> Jamie Paulinetti. I, I can't accept that. I just can't. Like, the, the, you're talking about a god. He's a demigod. Sinopheus, he's a demigod. And I can't accept it, but thank you. <laughs> well, I want to tell you, Jamie, and the reason I say this is because before I even knew that you were method, um, and again, when we discuss method, we know what we're talking about. Uh, Stanislavski's, uh, you know, actual meaning of all of the terms. It's interesting when I was looking through the book and I would sometimes read ahead and then I would go back and I was just trying to, to, uh, cause there's a lot of scenes that you've written in the book for the, for the actors to work, uh, in, in, you know, with, uh, yeah, 159 scenes. It's, gone. Yeah. Yes. And so what you do is you, you talk about, you know, uh, you, you work, you, the workflow, you talk about, you know, what the, uh, what an actor has to ask of themselves, uh, for their character on behalf of the characters and the, in the world worlds of the scenes and we want to talk about that word world that you refer right. to but I was noticing you were using for instance the word communion mm-hmm. um I, I you know Stanislavski talked a lot about communion yeah. um and uh and I'm going to skip ahead cuz I was going to ask you this question later but I want oh. you to to talk about because we you know as we're discussing Stanislavski and the method and and we're going to discuss a few uh, t- uh, several terms that that he used, and I noticed that you're you you're you're going even further, and maybe it's because of your work with um, uh, uh, the Russian master. You know, there uh, was it UCLA where you met him. Yeah. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I, I feel like uh, I feel like that he probably gave you a lot a, a much better understanding, and I I personally benefited so much from reading some of your uh, explanations of these terms. Let's talk about communion. You. You, okay. you connected action verbs with mm-hmm. communion. Tell tell our audience about what your what you mean by this. Okay, so those are those are two um, separate but closely closely related tools. And in the book, I call them tools because there's no there there is no really one way to use any of them. Like any great tool, they can be used for a lot of purposes. And when you start using a number of tools together, that's when you can really build something great. And all the tools 
in this book and in Stanislavski's work, they overlap. And that's what be- makes it a method or a system, which is a different definition yes. of those two words in English. It's a system where yep. that, whereas when you start to work on communion, you understand how we use that word or tool. I'm going to use both those words kind of synonymously now. Mm. If you use the word tool as commun- of communion, you start to understand what it is. And then you also add the verbs that the actor's playing or the actions they're playing. What are they doing on the line? You know, what's the verb, not what's the line, not what's the dialogue. What are you doing on the line? You know, are you seducing? Are you teasing? Are you seeking information? Are you restricting? What What's the verb? And it usually, you know, when you say action verb, it has, a, you know, we use verbs all the time, like uh-huh. the word, the verb be. To yep. When we are being... Okay, that that's mm-hmm. not there's not a lot of action in the word being, right. uh, but right. but you're talking about action things that drive us to do something. Uh, so and then and that's connected to communion and how right. how how uh, t- tell us again about the connection. Yeah, so let's talk about communion because it's probably the one tool or word that is the the most broadly used in my theater and when I'm directing actors because it has multiple meanings depending on how we're discussing it. Right. So I'm going to say that communion is the unspoken link between two souls, between two actors, characters, two people. It's the energy transmission between them, the communal link. Okay, what kind of communion is going on between these two actors? Uh, A real world kind of example that I use is if I ask anyone to sit in a public place and watch two people that they know very well eavesdrop on them, say Mm -hmm. their mother and their father, their brother and their sister, you know, it doesn't matter, their best friend and their best friend's lover, it doesn't matter who. If you watch two people Mm -hmm. and they have just had a bad argument mm. and they're sitting together at dinner and they're not speaking. Yes. And I ask you what's going on between them. 99.9% of the people are going to be able to tell me, Oh, they're in a fight. And there's tension. They feel the tension. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And it's those two players. We'll call them players because they're now players in our film. If we turn a camera on and film them, yeah. the communion between them is palpable. Yeah. Okay. It's real. It has an energy. Uh, There's a sixth sense that we have that we're able to pick up on it. And then I asked them, I go further and I say, well, tell me how you know this. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, I don't know. I said, well, are are they moving differently? No, not really. Are they eating their dinners differently? No, not really. Are they talking to each other? No, they're not talking to each other. That's it. And I said, well, what if they just made love before dinner and they're in a blissful state? And they're not talking. Would that feel different? Oh, yes. Well, why? Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, tell right. me why. And this is where we start to cross over into the magical element of what we do as filmmakers and actors and directors. And, you know, um, in the theater, is it's communion. It's the unspoken energy that people are able to bring you know, to situations uh, and to tell stories. And, and you're and, talking about the communion between the actors and on right. the stage. And, right. and But then there's also a communion between the person that was watching and sensing that communion. That's the audience. That's mm-hmm. right. The, the, mm-hmm. the, or the, the camera's eye. Uh, yeah. the, there's, there's actually two, you know, there's two elements of that, and not to cut you off, but, no, you know, ahead. let's say, 
let's say we get two actors on a stage or in front of the camera, because for me, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. We get them up there performing. And yes, it's the communion between the two actors as professional actors, but it's also the specificity of the communion that we are creating between the characters. Right. And that's done through workflow. Right. Through finding and defining and making specific, one of Stanislavski's favorite, most used words, he says, God is in the specific. Mm. And this is what he means. This is one of those translations from Russian to English that is so hard for me to explain, mm. even to actors that I've worked with for years. God is in the specific. And he, it's not a religious statement. No. What he means is that creativity, the explanation of the human condition is mm. in the specificity of behavior and feelings between two people, or in this case, characters. Mm -hmm. And that has to be trained into the act and it has to be observed and then helped along by the director or the conductor in order to tell the story in the way that we want to tell it. And it's not the words, Anne. Right. The words are important, but it's the communion right. that does it. And the com and communion just has so much meaning behind it. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the actual understanding of the actors for why they're doing what they're doing and right. feeling and thinking what they're right. thinking. And, and you know what? Let's move into something else. I think that has okay. this, this is all correlated, interrelated. Uh, yeah. for instance, to, for the specifics, for God to be in the specifics, I, I feel like that those specifics would, 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 harness or or actually guide the inner monologue of, of yes yeah, so let's talk about the inner monologue how that is connected with communion and 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 what we're talking about okay great that's a great question and again you ask these super super deep questions i mean i i teach classes that are eight weeks long on on all of these individual <laughs> things for this reason but it's a, it's a great great question and so when i use the term inner monologue and that is one of our tools right that's in the book inner monologue right. um it has a couple meanings again these are you know these are all phrases, that's why I call them tools, that I do not have clear definitions. They're existential. Yep. They're, they're, we're going to struggle to find uh, black and white definitions. Instead, we use them as guides. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about inner monologue, um, the most literal way that I use that phrase is, you know, what is a character considering in the moments both that they're speaking and in between the dialogue, in the, mm -hmm. you know, magic pauses. Stanislavski also said the magic is in the pauses. Mm. And he didn't mean he wanted big pregnant, you know, theatrical pauses. That's not what he meant. He meant the inner monologue of the character that's going on as these dramatic emotional exchanges take place between themselves and other characters in these grand stories that they're living through because right. let's let's i mean let's be frank we're not going to watch a movie about the most boring parts of people or characters lives That's it's true. the most important parts of their lives and so they're emotional mm -hmm. and you know we want to know what are the inner monologues of the characters that are going on during these exchanges now that's that's kind of the most literal um way that i use the phrase but then it's also used in you know, when an actor is working on a character, we need to know what the actor is doing in terms of their inner monologue, you know, as they're moving through, you know, what we call um, the, the 
moving toward performance level Mm -hmm. and that's just a phrase it's again it's a scale but but in the beginning middle and you know before we go up and put something in front of a camera what what is the actor's inner monologue during the conscious work phase of the of the workflow that we're doing you know what is going on are you in your head are you considering a piece of direction that we talked about are you ta- are you thinking about one of the tools while you're actually in the scene you know what what's the inner monologue and um so it's and so you know, you're talking about the inner monologue of the actor then oh, uh you oh. know uh and 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 again we get to like this double function thing because i i will think i i will talk to my actors often whether i'm teaching or or directing i will say you know once once we once the the, the, the we yell action or once the curtain comes up i don't want your inner monologue to be talking to you on behalf of you i want it to be the character who is constantly reacting and 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 right. and gauging the 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 moment and how am i going to react to this and what what do i feel about this is 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 so there are there two inner monologues yes different the, the same phrase used differently okay and what you just hit on is exactly correct once we work once we reach what i call performance level right we i do not like you i don't want the actor in their head at all and now we're back to this word communion all i want to see is the unconscious link between themselves and the other actor performer or the character on stage. And hopefully all the work that was done initially as we were talking about the actors in our monologue, that's gone. And Mm -hmm. and all we see is communion. And it's real. It's the realism is there and the link between the two actors is there and they are not in their heads. They're completely linked together. And once we get to that state, now I can yell cut and talk to the actor as they step out of the character about the inner monologue of the character in certain moments. And that's one of the things I got from Stanislavski. Hey, step out of the character for a minute. I need to talk to you as the actor. (laughs) And, you know, Stanislavski said, you know, the, the goal is to have the actor and the character become one. And here's one of those phrases translated from Russian to English, live the role. Live the role. That's right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's the goal. That's the ultimate yeah. goal. But you can't snap your fingers no. and the greatest improvisational actor in the world cannot do it for 40 days straight no. without some workflow. Yes. And you, you got this workflow. Like I said, I, I'm counting. Uh, it's it's numbered 25 things here. Uh, right. And and this is the process by which at some, at some point after you put the work into the workflow, of course, uh, is that where you... It, I, I also saw a phrase, the flow state. Yeah. What, what, uh, so is that, is that when, when your performance level or, you know, is that the flow? Talk to, about, talk to us about the flow state. Okay. What's our rating on your podcast? What's it rated? PG-13 or R? Oh, we can do R. Keep going. We can okay. do R. <laughs> so there's a great, um, one of the greatest guitarists that ever lived, John Lee Hooker. He was doing an interview and there was a person talking talking to him about his, what we are talking about now, his workflow. Mm-hmm. He says, man, he's one of the greatest jazz musicians ever. He's just one of the greatest musicians that ever lived. And I'll fast forward the story. But the, the interviewer who, who did not understand how John Lee Hooker was able to do what he did said, well, what are you thinking about? How did you get there? What was your plan when you were on stage? How did you go from this change to that change? What did you, how did you do this when that musician did this, that, that? And he finally, he was polite. And then finally, he just kind of gave up took a deep sigh and he said man forget all that shit and just fucking play 
gig. Oh, gosh. Play the gig, man. <laughs> and that's live. Like he was in his flow state yeah, when he's yeah. on stage. He'd been doing it for 40 years. He didn't need to think about how hard to put his finger on the neck of the guitar right. for this chord. It's right. in his and, and, memory. So the flow state would be another way of saying living the role. And his role was guitarist. But yeah. That's it. That's, it. that's wow. exactly what it is. Yeah, living the role. And, yeah. and, uh, and that's what the flow state is. And I know you've had it. And every actor I've ever worked with has mm-hmm. had it. Mm-hmm. They walk off stage or they walk out of a take and they say, I don't even know what happened. Was it good? <laughs> and you say, oh, my God, that's the best work you've ever done. And they're like, I, was, I don't know what happened. I blanked out. Yeah, you know, or yeah. in the magical flow state. Well, uh, I talk about magic too, and so does Stanislavski. Uh, well, he talks about the magic if, of course, but right. I, you know, sometimes you say that you just uh, well often uh, when you hit that flow state, it's mm-hmm. you created magic, and That's there's it. it's spiritual. There's no other way. You, like you said, you don't even remember it. You have people have to just tell you because you yeah. were too busy just existing and living and and doing yeah. and oh, I love it. Oh God, I yes. I do have memories. (laughs) That is it. And that's, you know, that is what illuminating the human condition is all about. Mm. That's that's what Stanislavski is, is, is really, as you said, that's the ultimate goal of the actor slash director. You want to hear something? I'll say one more thing about that. that, that A lot of people I think don't consider is that, you know, I've, I had this previous life that we talked about in the beginning as a professional athlete, mm-hmm. and I have seen this. I saw it with that net zero team I made reference to. I've seen it with the greatest NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, any sport you want to follow, soccer. Many times, if you look at a professional team at a world-class level on paper who are not champions, mm-hmm. who the team is not the championship team of the season, and then you go look at the championship team, the difference is the communal flow state that oh. they're able to get in together. Right. And you, you say, you know, how do these teams win these championships right. over and over when obviously this team has better players, this other team has better mm-hmm. players. Mm-hmm. And it's because the team as a unit, yes. as a group is so much stronger than the whole. And they are, they are in each other's minds. They're in each other's consciousnesses. A lot of people in your audience might not know what professional cycling is like, but if they've seen the Tour de France, Mm. it's a team sport. There are eight or nine guys on your team, and you need to be linked with them at all times. And that's spiritually, it's physically, you know, we're right next to each other. Your teammate could be in front of you, behind you, up the road, you know, and you need to have a, a subconscious link to them in order to get the tactics that you need to do correct. And it's the same way on the stage. It's the same way on a film set. It's the same way on a good television set. If the communion is strong, the project will benefit. So then then uh, this is a question I'm sure listeners are thinking to themselves right now, and I'm going to ask it. Okay. When you talk about the communion, and you're talking about this this flow state where everyone is working in sync and it's just everyone's living. Everyone's done their the workflow. Everyone's prepared. What happens when you've got somebody, and I've had this many times in professional theater, where I would be working opposite someone who is just walking through scenery. You know, they're phoning it in, as they say. 
That's exactly what it's called. They're phoning it in. Go right. on. Uh, well, no, that's my question. Where, uh, how do you achieve the flow state? I know that we are supposed to live our character's role, but it, it. I know that, you know, how do you advise your students when, let's say, they come to you with this issue? Hey, I'm in a show. I've done the work. I feel connected. I, you know, it's hard to have communion with someone who d- who hasn't done the work. So I don't, um, I, I don't mean to like just push the book, but that is one of the reasons I wrote the book. Okay. And the book is a series of tools and techniques that you're going to have to try. And as we talked about, oh, it's one through 25 or one through 30, they're blank workflow templates. They're all these things go through the list. Mm-hmm. That's not really it. Okay. I, I make the, I make the reference in the book, um, to a, a wheel and that all the spokes in the wheel are all the tools and they all work together and you try one spoke to take the tension in one place and then the wheel turns and you have to use a different spoke and now the spokes are all working together but the ones at the bottom of the wheel are taking more of the tension than the ones on the side or the top and and you every situation is unique and I unfortunately hate to give a blase answer mm-hmm. but there is no one way and you're going to have to continue to develop what we call your actor eye IQ, and that's what I call it, so that you're able to respond to these varying situations of, you know, artistic um, kind of frustration and still try to do your best work. And and there is no one way to do it that I have found, and and one way might work for one actor or director, and it doesn't work for another Mm -hmm. actor or director. And um, unfortunately, it it is a, a, a unique situational thing that goes on as you well know and Mm -hmm. trying to find the answer um is sometimes very very difficult and it's a scale right and i mean you what what i'll tell you this here's here's what i have found in my experience that does not work is to get frustrated or angry and and um how can you concentrate and allow the unconscious it does not work. No, it yeah. doesn't. Well, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm just, you know, for me, uh, with this, this particular problem, you know, we, uh, we, we talk about objectives, we talk about obstacles as, as method actors, obstacles for our character achieving what they're fighting for. Right. But I think of also that double function of the actor and i think about the obstacles that other actors or the situation for instance you know i used to do uh, uh, shakespeare in the park and it was very difficult sometimes when uh, you know car horns were were honking and and things you know what do you think about the term using those those uh, you know those obstacles uh you know hey this is happening we'll use it you know, yes. uh, what, what, what is your opinion about you? I'm a fan. I'm a fan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, again, if you're going to use something, we need to get specific about what it is you're using right. and why and in what situation. And, um, it, you know, you can overly simplify it and it does work and it can be really beneficial or you can get a little more complex and deep with it, you know. But I'm a big fan of that. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Stanislav, he said, as you probably have heard, <laughs> you will always play yourself. And when you're not playing yourself, you're acting. Right. And in the Moscow Arts Theater, there's a big sign. It says, no acting, please, in the theater. Right. There's a big sign. Well, and that's and where so. the magic if 
becomes relevant yeah. is because right. the magic if isn't saying if this were true of my character. No, 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 no. It's is this if this were true for me, for oh. me, you know, and so that's why, you know, we are, we're playing, but we're playing circumstances and situations that and, and we're reacting the way we that's would. Mm -hmm. That's correct. You're 100% correct. And that was part two of my interview with Jamie Palanetti, who is the author of Acting as an Art Form. Uh, he is giving us some great stuff, guys. I am so glad that he chose to be on the show. And we are going to wrap it up with Jamie next week from Masterclass Monday with part three of this Masterclass. And he is going to bring it home, guys. He has got some fantastic advice uh, for how you can make the most of your uh, acting experience and find success in the industry. So please join us next Monday for Masterclass Monday and Jamie Palanetti Part 3. This has been the Actor's Guide. Tag, you're it. This has been the Actor's Guide. For more information about Ann Johnston Brown or to join the tag team, please visit our website at ajbprods.com slash podcast.